Let's talk to author, former Navy SEAL sniper. He's got a new book out coming out today, The Devil's Hand. Jack Carr, how are you, Jack? Jack, how are you? Welcome back. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. It's great to be here. I told Torg, I said, with all that military, I bet he calls exactly on time. And sure enough, good for you. <laughs> if not, give me Plus 10. 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 30 seconds on target. Yeah. Hey, so the uh, new book, The Devil's Hand, I got an advanced reader's copy. I read it, and it's just another four-star effort. But it reflects today's headlines. I mean, it's crazy. Was that... As you you obviously knew where you were going when you were writing it, but that had to be pre-pandemic. Did you change the script as the pandemic unfolded to reflect? I mean, because it's spot on today's headlines. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I outlined it in uh, August of 2019 and started doing that research into some bioweapons and the weaponization of infectious diseases back in the fall of 2019. So when COVID hit, I was hypersensitive, but the whole basis of the book is what the enemy has learned from us by watching us on the field of battle for the last 20 years of war. Essentially, we've been playing poker, they've been looking at our cards, seeing how we play those cards. And so I thought if I'm Iran, if I'm Russia, if I'm China, if I'm North Korea, if I'm a super empowered individual, if I'm yeah. a terrorist organization, what have I learned? And so that's the basis of the book. So when COVID hits, yeah, I'm, I'm in the enemy's shoes and I'm thinking, okay, they're taking lessons from this. What are they learning from our response to COVID? And then we have a whole summer of civil unrest. Uh, they're learning from that too. And I thought, what are they learning? What are they applying to future battle plans? And then we move into a very contentious political season and uh, election cycle. Once again, they're learning from that. So I'm writing real time. So the basis of the book is what the enemy is learning. And I'm trying to write that from their perspective. And of course, they're learning from all these things, uh, especially in 2020, a very pivotal year in the history of, the, of our country and the world. Well, that, so it just naturally found its way into the book. That's kind of scary to think our enemies were watching our response because you know, everybody's so critical, many are so critical of our response. Oh, exactly, exactly. I mean, they're, they're always yeah. looking, always watching, always adapting. And, uh, you know, we're doing the same to them, but in many cases, particularly terrorist organizations that aren't part of gigantic bureaucracies, they can adapt a little quicker than, uh, than we can. So, uh, so that was having that as the foundation of the novel. Uh, I was, it was very strange to be writing essentially in real time and incorporate things that, uh, that were happening that were so important uh, to, uh, well, to many of us in this country and, of course, the, the world in general. Well, from your background, too, you know, uh, away from the book in real life, a lot of people, when they talk about the virus and it was a bad or in a lab or regardless, I mean, the reality is with your military background, there are countries who are, uh, you know, creating biological weapons, right? People find that hard to believe, but it's it's the reality of the way we live right now, right? Oh, it certainly is. There's a long history of weaponizing infectious diseases, um, and I really studied it from World War II up to today. And what the, what did the Japanese do in World War II? Who did you, they use their bioweapons against? Uh, what did the Germans do? Where did that data and research go at the end of the war? And what happened is that it informed the bioweapons programs of both the United States and the Soviet Union. And then what happens when we both became signatories of a convention in the 70s on bioweapons? What did that mean? Uh, so it was fascinating to do that research, which uh, which also <laughs> made me very hypersensitive to everything uh, COVID related when I when I heard about it in December, and then of course the end of January, and then by February, um, the world knew what was going on. Did you have any? Because uh, the Devil's Hand it comes out today, by the way. We're with author and twenty year Navy SEAL uh, Jack 
uh, Jack Carr. When you had the success you did, this is only the fourth book, and I want to get into how you've already built a brand and there's a TV show and everything else. But were you worried about a sophomore slump, a sophomore? Because Terminal List came out, Torg, and this would have been, what, 2017, 18, Jack? 2018. And it was so big. Did you worry about trying to have to follow that with your own work with the second book? Well, I'd already written the second book by then because I I knew the John Grisham story about writing A Time to Kill first and not being able to give that thing away and then writing The Firm and having that take off. So I was always going to write two. So I was well into book number two, True Believer, before I even got the first novel to Simon & Schuster. So it was already there. But I took a risk with it in turning that into more of a journey of redemption, especially in the beginning. And that risk ended up paying off. And then, of course, hit Savage Sun the following year, and that hits the New York Times list, and off we go to the races. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been, a, been a busy few years. I, I feel extremely fortunate. Hey, Jack, how do you keep it from an author standpoint? Because, you know, your background is, you know, you're a SEAL sniper, and you, you know the background. But, of course, when you write a thriller, people like to each his own, but people like the reading of the, all right, impossible situation, and how is the hero going to get out that? But, of course, you know that it's not a Chuck Norris movie, and you can't kill three people with two bullets. So how do you kind of play both sides where people want the main character to get out of that situation, but also they want realism too? Right. I try to keep it as as real, authentic, and gritty, and violent uh, as possible. Uh, Sometimes the human body can take quite a lot of abuse, and, and other times... Uh, you know, people people die from the, the most seemingly innocuous type of an injury. Right. Um, so I try to keep it as realistic as possible. And I know that the, the readers will come along with you with they'll, they'll take like one uh, suspension of disbelief per novel. You know, you, you have yeah. that one thing yeah. uh, that they'll go with you. If you have too many in a row, then they're not coming with you, especially in a, on a novel like this where they expect that realism. They expect that that grittiness and authenticity. Uh, so I have usually have that one thing where I want them to take that leap with me to have that little, little bit of magic there on the fiction side of the house but uh for the most part i'm thinking back on my experiences in iraq and afghanistan and i'm applying those emotions and feelings behind in real world events that i was involved with with that and i take those emotions and apply them to a completely fictional narrative so it reads like it's uh like it's nonfiction, but in reality it's a fictional narrative yeah i always thought it was amazing in books and movies though if someone gets shot in the arm and then he's in a fist fight and using that left arm again like nothing happened like yeah. you wouldn't like, you know. <laughs> well you want that's a little right, J- right. and don't you want a little james bond camp at some point right that's right that's right no it's fun you know it's, it's a it's a fun reading experience at the same time and and uh you know i want my readers to to enjoy that time they're spending in the pages of the novel or that they're spending listening to the audiobook um you, you want that to uh to be a, an experience that they're going to enjoy they're going to like the main character they're going to relate to the to the main character um because who wants to spend time with someone they don't like yeah, so let me ask well, you people that, listen to our show. You, so. That is true. That is true. You guys are the outliers. You guys are the outliers. I don't know if you recall, but my uh, my oldest son, my firstborn, was a is a raider, a Marsoc raider, and I know, so I know some somewhat about PTSD and everything. When you first got out and we're writing the first book, or even still today, does the writing was it? Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Cathargic? Was it? Did it help you with it any was. PTSD, or did it bring back memories and kind of hurt you? No, so it's very therapeutic writing experience. But and I didn't anticipate that at the outset until I actually started writing. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, the decisions I made downrange all you know worked out for whatever reason. So I sleep very well at night. But uh, but there's other things that you deal with in the military as well that aren't necessarily 
directly related to post-traumatic stress that, uh, that it's, it's very healthy to, to get out on the written page. So uh, in each one of the novels, I incorporate a lot of that, that personal experience, that personal, those feelings toward uh, senior level officials, towards politicians that uh, uh, in, in many cases didn't understand and still don't understand the nature of the conflict in which we are engaged, which is uh, one of their main responsibilities. Author Jack Carr's with us. The book's out today, The Devil's Hand. Hey, we should ask you, uh, Amazon Prime TV sh- TV series with Chris Pratt, man, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, you had to be impressed when he signed on, huh? Oh, it was amazing. So he, uh, he optioned the first novel before it even hit shelves, so back in January of 2018. And I was on set all last week, so I'm in L.A. There's 350 people working on that set. Uh, in this particular episode, there's 10, 11, 12 SEALs that I worked with back in the day, uh, all on set, either as technical advisors, as actors, as stuntmen. And it was amazing. It was like a reunion on set, and we had a, a great time. Antoine Fuqua, who's directing, is one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Oh. And uh, Chris is crushing it as Navy SEAL sniper James Reese. People are going to be surprised at how, uh, how gritty and visceral and violent uh, yeah. he is in this. And uh, it's just, it's, uh, I, I, I'm thrilled beyond belief. You know, Jack, there's a story back in the day when Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky. Everybody wanted to buy it but wanted to do it his way, and he would only sell it, you know, do the movie as if he got to star and direct it, and he held out. For you in this, did you, when you gave up the rights to your book, did you say, hey, I want to have control, or was it, I'm just an advisor? Oh, yeah. So for this, there's a lot of trust when you create something and then turn it over to, to Hollywood to, uh, yeah. to to adapt to film. There's a lot of trust involved. So I had multiple offers on the table and I chose the one that I thought was uh, most likely to get made in, in the way that uh, that I'd be proud of as an author. Well, and and, uh, and that, that has certainly been the case. Yeah. And plus, with Amazon Prime, they already have the history with Michael Connelly and the Bosch television series so you know that them taking the author and creating a successful show hell cj box with big sky on abc even going back to elmore leonard and justified i mean it's nothing new but those all those authors they got big that's they've got 20 24 books out you get the amazon prime after three yeah, well, it was even before it was even at one before the first one even came out. So uh, for me, those, those I think when you have twenty books in a series or something like that, you might be able to exercise a little more creative control in your negotiations. Now, for for me, not coming from sports or politics, having zero following and having not sold one, yeah, book, uh, I was not I was not in that uh, those shoes. So it's uh, it was it was all based on on trust. And now yeah, you're a brand. You're a brand. You've got the logo of the Cross Tomahawks. My producer's here, sitting here in his Jack Carr hoodie. I've got the ball awesome. cap for the for a I'm guy. Wearing the Jack Carr underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most powerful stuff yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the book The Devil's Hand comes out today. It's the fourth in the James Reese series. And uh, Jack, it's always a pleasure. Your podcast. Tell everybody where they can listen to your podcast. That's right. Danger Close, Beyond the Books with Jack Carr. It drops every Wednesday, and that's on my YouTube channel, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. So uh, every Wednesday, get ready. Hey, you know your guy on Twitter there, what is it, Atria Books? That's right, Atria Mystery Bus. He said, he asked me if we ever get through this pandemic and you hit the road and do promotions for your books, if I would host the Columbus appearance for one of your future books, and I would be more than happy to, and we could hang out. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be an honor. Thank you. That'd be amazing. Hopefully we get back to that for the next book tour. Right. That'd be incredible. Hey, thanks, Jack. We appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me on. You guys take care. Okay, bye-bye.